Hello and welcome to The Rabbit Hole, the Definitive Developers Podcast in fantabulous Chelsea, Manhattan. I'm your host, Michael Nunez. Our co-host today, Dave Anderson. Our producer, William Jeffries. And today we have a special guest, Brian Guthrie. How's it going, Brian? Good. How are you, man? Doing great. You want to give a little introduction? Sure. So, hey, it's great to be here on the podcast. I've known uh, Dave and William for a little while now in in various capacities. And and just to give you my background, I was most recently director of engineering over at Slice. And then I was at SoundCloud for a couple of years before that, working with our our product teams here in New York City. And then I was a did my own thing as a startup person sort of on and off. And then I was at ThoughtWorks for a number of years before that. So I'd say I've done a variety of, of agile style software development over the years. And that's, I, you know, I, I think that's really sort of my, my passion. I come back to applying like rapid feedback practices to the process of, of building great software. So you're pretty yeah. new to this, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you know, we all, we all are in some ways, right? Like, like I keep on rediscovering the things that I didn't understand or didn't absorb when I first started doing this, you know, many, many, many years ago. And and you have to bring that learning mindset to it. Right. I, I think it's humbling right. to go back and look at, at what you believed five or 10 years ago and say like, oof, that guy, I wouldn't hire him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Today we'll be talking about the real meaning of DevOps. And I'm hoping, Brian, you can shine some light on that. Anyone have any thoughts on the real meaning? Is DevOps not real enough? Like, is there a real meaning behind <laughs> DevOps? Are pe- people are just not keeping DevOps real these days. Yeah, we got to mm. keep, keep it real. It became popular. Yeah. And now, what is it? All the cool kids want to do it? Mm-hmm. It will be real if you clap your hands and believe. I heard that, like, the government's trying to do DevOps. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, Jez Humble was at uh, 1F for a while, right? So that was a... Uh, I mean, it's, that's legit. Oh, the man who wrote the book on DevOps. Well, one of the people who, who wrote the book on DevOps. Well, yeah, true. It was a, it was a coterie of <laughs> Let's Wait, be specific. <laughs> 1F or 18F? Well, let me... Oh, sorry, 18F. You're... Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, let me take a, a step back here a little bit, I guess, because I, I want to emphasize, I don't think... No one owns the term DevOps, right? Like, no one in this room came up with it. I would never... I don't, I don't want to lay claim to to its origin or invention or whatever. I, I have a particular frame that I bring to that conversation that I... I think resonates and, and just to sort of contextualize that a little bit, I, I went off on this a little bit on Twitter a couple of weeks ago and, you know, hearteningly I, that expression of meaning got a much bigger response than I think I anticipated. And it's, it's been really gratifying to see folks try to take back that term and recontextualize it, but I'm not trying to apply a new shade or meaning to it. I'm just trying to understand how the mindset that people had when I, I think they were attempting to bring about that, that culture shift in technology still has resonance and still has meaning for folks who are doing that work today. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, it doesn't have to be a complete specialization where your DevOps guy is in the darkest room in the building all by himself. (laughs) Yeah. Just with a bunch of blinking servers. Like he can, he can be out with everyone else, like writing code and being a productive member of society. Yeah. I think, you know, that that's one of the, I think that's a concrete example of one of the sort of more troubling patterns that that has come out of this movement. And, and just to take a step back, I think the wonderful thing that's come out of the notion of DevOps is that people are aggressively scripting and automating their path to production and taking that journey much more seriously. Right. But I think the way a lot of enterprises treated that journey is a bit like magic enterprise fairy dust. We'll hire in a particular kind of DevOps expert to sprinkle a little bit of build automation and it will make everyone better. And I think that that, that probably worked out at a few organizations, but I, I struggle with it because I think it tends to recur, it tends to repeat some of the same patterns that led us as an industry down to the path to need that kind of DevOps approach to begin with. And when I say DevOps, what I mean is, is a 
cultural shift. I think I, if you look at the definition as a spouse in Wikipedia, it's sort of the set of practices that teams follow to help bring their software to production safely and quickly. And the, the way that we use industry, I think, develop those practices is by building cultures that transcended the individual incentives of, of different teams. What are other people's definitions? Is it, I mean, so we now have the Wikipedia official, according to Wikipedia definition. What, what does this mean to everybody in the room? DevOps. Oh. To me, it's like you got this guy or gal, Bobby, and who's just churning out things in Docker and looking at a terminal all day and making sure that the website is up and running. Like, I feel like people who have been called DevOps engineers in the places that I've worked are they're like, I, I got this. We're going to deploy to production and it's going to be great. And I'm going to handle the flow of everything. But I have no idea the skill set or the tools that a DevOps engineer would actually use and manipulate to do that process. It's just yeah. like magic wizardry and all sorts <laughs> of like cool coding and that aspect. It's really, right. really like, like it's a part of my mind that, I, that I'm not familiar with. So I'm really interested in the entire conversation with having. Yeah. Or like that person may be like pigeonholed into being the guy with the fire hose who's like putting out all the fires in production, like just keeping the lights on and, you know, just concentrating all the pain over yeah. there. So to me, well, I don't know, Dave, what is your definition of DevOps? I mean, I've, I've worked in a couple of different contexts, but I've really enjoyed the people who have brought to the DevOps title or the DevOps philosophy, like the idea that they want to be working alongside uh their fellow developers and like, you know, feel the same pain that they're feeling and help them get over those challenges to release code faster or build code faster, be it like local environment setup or in your deployment pipeline with Jenkins or CircleCI or even, you know, production deployments and support logging, whatever. So to me, DevOps is a philosophy. And the philosophy is that you don't have a segregated ops team and a segregated dev team that work in opposition to each other, where developers are incentivized to ship features and ops are incentivized to keep environments stable because those two things are in opposition and it creates tension. And so instead what you do is you unite the two teams and you use dev tactics to improve ops and ops takes on ownership and responsibility of writing code the same way that developers take on ownership and responsibility of handling deployments, even though they are allowed to continue to be specialists. That is a definition that I share that resonates with, with my, my journey and my understanding of the term. It seems to me, though, that the industry, like the people who bought into that philosophy ended up creating a bunch of really powerful tools by applying development strategies to operations problems. And now those people are associated with these new tools like Chef or Puppet or Kubernetes. And so when people want to hire for that kind of skill set, they use that term as a job title. And so what you've found is, what we've seen is that nowadays when people talk about DevOps, they're talking about a role. And that role is the person who has that magic fairy dust for you, not right. the person who is going to unite your ops and your dev teams. And let's be clear, I love Kubernetes and Chef has been my friend and occasional secret lover over the years. <laughs> uh, Your secret safe. But I, I don't think of myself as someone with predominantly an ops background. I, I think I would say I come from a predominantly a dev background, but I'm a dev who has had to go through the journey of trying to understand at a deeper level. What, what is my software doing in, in production? Like, why is this have meaning? And I think it's important to regard that as a skill set that as part of your 
journey towards more senior development responsibilities, you, you can and should own. You can understand how your how your software is running. You might never have the same depth and level of context as the operations expert that you're, you're hopefully sitting next to. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you can't apply a, a quality mindset to the operationalization of your software in production. Right. It doesn't have to be like turning it off and turning it back on again every single time. Like you can make things better. And I think that one of the wonderful things that's happened with DevOps is that it's provided a, a rich career path for people to follow who are interested in that intersection. Mm-hmm. It's now the most highly compensated area of software development, according to the most recent Stack Overflow jobs reviews. Yeah. Shoot. Man. Well, I take it all back then. I, I'm a DevOps engineer. <laughs> <laughs> I love this stuff. This is great. Yeah. So as a software engineer, learning things like Kubernetes and, and Chef are extra skill sets that any software developer should learn or should have a grasp on to help with the operative side of the company? Is that like, should we, since the industry has made this assumption that we need to hire DevOps people and people who just know these things, do we want to, like, how do you, I'm kind of confused with how does a developer then become a developer with ops on the side or do they just go full on into DevOps or the true meaning of that? Like, how do you separate yourself that I'm, oh, I'm an engineer and I happen to know Kubernetes. Yeah. I think a challenge there is definitely like having buy-in from the organization and being like, hey, we are going to let you guys like have that time to cross-pollinate and like, you know, collaborate in a good way to build each other up. I think that's really key. I, I want to emphasize that point. I think that it is, it's a cultural shift that requires organizational buy-in. Yeah. How would you say you characterize your primary role when you think about like, I am an ex developer. Is there, do you have a, a noun that you, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to use another one that gets a full stack developer. Well, so there but, you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. But it's like front end and back end. I would like at the moment I've been at clients that are predominantly asking for like react front end experience. So yeah. that's like the one that I've been, you know, I'm a front end engineer, front end developer kind of thing. What I would say to you is, is that if you characterize yourself as a full stack developer and I share that definition, I'm, I'm in the same camp, right? Then understanding the operationalization, the build and deploy structure of your software is part of, is part of that part journey. Of the, part of the stack. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm old enough, you know, just barely to remember when a CI server was something that like we spun up on a Dell box that got shoved under someone's desk somewhere. Cause we couldn't, <laughs> we couldn't requisition hardware for this stuff. Yeah. Right next to the rubber chicken. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and there's a, Oh, there's a wonderful James Shore blog article from back in 2006 where he talks about doing continuous integration with a rubber chicken and a bell. Mm. And we'll to, <laughs> uh, hopefully we can tack those on the show notes later. We were just talking about James Shore, like very recently about the Batman. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> the Batman role. Right. But <laughs> the uh, article about James Shore or that James Shore wrote about uh, the deployment process. Sorry. Yeah. That goes into the, the definition of continuous integration, which I also have strong opinions about, but is maybe a somewhat orthogonal topic. <laughs> well, okay. TLDR on that is that continuous integration is not, building your feature branches on a server somewhere. Like continuous integration is the act of continuously integrating into production. And CD is the extension of that. Continuous delivery is continuous integration of changes into production right. on preferably a daily or better than daily basis. And DevOps is the set of practices that bring you to a, a shared understanding of what safe, good deploys look like in production. It, it's the guide that 
brings you to a place where CD is a safe and natural process, where software is being deployed all the time, where you feel good about that change set and where you're working collaboratively with the team because everyone is incentivized similarly. It's not, I think that there's a, a very old, I shouldn't say very old, but there's a particular school of thought in software that I, I characterize as sort of the, the separation of powers school of thought, right? There's legislative and judicial and executive and they all exist in tension. You know, we, and that involves spinning up centralized teams who have separate sets of metrics and and, uh, incentives. But when you centralize things that have team ramifications, that have implications for how your software flows to production, then those incentives can come into conflict. And some people would argue that there's virtue in that conflict. But I guess I tend to believe that, that if you look at the past production, if you look at the time for like when we start working on a feature, doing well, that feature finished, like that's the metric that you're looking to optimize for. And that the way to get there safely and joyfully is to bring everyone together, like get everyone right, on right. the team, get them on the same page. Because everyone has a stake in that process. Yeah. Like it, you can't just be a bystander. I really like the idea, uh, like you were talking about before, about like uh, continuous integration, continuous delivery, like driving the development of DevOps practices there's that like adage like if something hurts you should do it more often absolutely so like if deployments hurt and they suck then you just keep on doing them and eventually you will arrive at the same conclusion that Jez Humble and many other people have come at before you'll end up writing the book on DevOps I don't think Jez was the first person to arrive there but I think that he did a good job in in collaboration with other people in the industry just to articulate what that meant to try to put a, a term on it that had resonance and then bring that to people in a way that, that made sense. But as is so often in the tech industry, all we take out of that is the concrete process. We say, well, you know, we, we look at the end of the journey and we say, well, there's a book. So if we just do what's in the book, then we'll have it. <laughs> but it ignores the mindset that brought people to that place in the first place. Right. Or I and shouldn't say it ignores it, but it, it, it minimizes it or it tends to sweep it under the rug. I guess like it, it kind of, it's like, okay, that's, too complicated like i want a package solution i want like agile like give me a scrum master yeah give me an agile i would like one agile please. <laughs> one unit of agile one unit of devops and then you know profit yeah but yeah like there's a great twitter joke about about devops right like uh saying you want to hire a devops engineer is like saying you want to hire a collaboration engineer to do all your collaboration collaborationing <laughs> just don't want to don't want to deal with that myself right if, if the culture you're looking to build is one of growth and, and conjunction if you're trying to bring people together then articulate placing the burden for that journey in on one person or on one team is, is really hard it's unfair to that person to expect them to bring organizational change when your organization maybe isn't thinking about build and deploy holistically right and it is like a, a journey also because like you don't end up at the final chapter like you have stages that you go through and there are times that you're doing manual deploys and there are times that you're, you know, having a more robust pipeline, but you have to take steps to get there and you have to prioritize what's important for you at that moment. Yeah. I will say though, as much as we would like to not have to advertise for a DevOps engineer because it is like advertising for a collaboration engineer to do all of your collaborating, <laughs> the reality is... That's what people are advertising and that's what people are expecting to see advertised. And when you see a job posting that says ops engineer, it attracts a different group. It bums me out though, right? Because I think that it, it minimizes the fact that scripting and development has always been part of the ops tool set and the ops approach to things. And, and ditto for SREs are sort of 
folks working on that side, right? There's a history of bash scripting that goes back to the dawn of, of I shouldn't say bash scripting, shell scripting, right? That goes back to the dawn of Unix. Or, right. And even, even that's a reductive way of thinking it, right? Like scripting has always been part of the journey and the path to production. And what DevOps brought us was a set of tools at the conjunction of Dev and Ops that nudged in the direction of a, a certain set of practices that, that were maybe conceptually like of greater interest for a certain set of problems. I think it's unfair to say that people coming from an ops background don't have that skill set or don't think that way. But if, I think if you advertise for ops rather than for DevOps, you're much more likely to get people who are not familiar with modern deployment tooling. And I'm okay with that as long as they want to go on the journey. If I can bring someone with that, if I'm looking to hire a specialist and I can bring someone with that depth of knowledge to my organization and pair them with someone who doesn't have that and then bring them together, that's the culture. Yeah. What if you're on a team that doesn't have anybody with any experience with that tool set, who's never touched Puppet, who's never touched Chef, who's never touched any sort of automation tools, then your ramp up time is going to be a lot slower, right? I mean, sure, you could pair that ops engineer with a developer engineer, and they could reinvent a lot of these concepts or teach themselves. But it seems like what most like what most hiring managers would want to do is go out and find somebody who's got that skill set already and let them teach the rest of the team. Right. I think a challenge also with like growing into that position is that like with anything that you're learning, you're going to make mistakes. And like with these really robust tool sets that are available, like you can make some really crazy mistakes and then, you know, that's your lifeline. Like, you know, you, you can't, you can paint yourself into a corner and then feel, uh, challenged to, to get out of there well you gotta i guess you learn from failure and if you're constantly making these big mistakes hopefully you learn from that and don't do it again <laughs> just, yeah well yeah if you tear everything down and write it again then it's gonna be better right but uh, i think i think that's you know when you're if you, a lot of people say they want to build a learning organization right that that's the the growth journey they want to bring their team on and that's that's part of that conversation if you want to build a learning organization you have to be ready to commit emotionally to the idea that you're going to make those mistakes and that you're going to give your folks the space and safety to explore that, that problem space and pick up the tools that they need to in order to become the developer that you need for the problem that you're trying to solve. And that's just as true if you're trying to pick up a tool that falls into the DevOps category as if you were pairing on a programming language or a framework for the first time. You know, no one starts these jobs with 100% of the knowledge that they need in order to, to become effective for the whole set of problems that you're going to solve. You're going to have to pick up new stuff along the way. And so if your organizational stance is learning first, then I think it accelerates that, that journey rapidly. And it gets you into the, the mindset where you're, you're being creative about those problems sooner rather than later. Mm. I'm just trying to get you to cave and use the word DevOps has, has been bastardized. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is a really substantive piece of, of pushback I got on this, which is that it is important to understand and contextualize the why, right? Like there's a reason why the meaning of the term has evolved. And this is also the way a lot of terms grow and evolve that an er a set of early adopters with a learning mindset hit upon something that they think is, is a compelling uh, way of thinking. And then that, if it's successful, becomes uh, absorbed and adopted and then ultimately, you know, commercialized into a very specific category by the, the wheels of the industry. And that's okay, right? That's part of growth and change. But I think the best thing about that is that if you always stay in that learner mindset, if you refuse to buy into the, to the somewhat more hardened definition, then you're always in a space to be inventing new things and tackling problems creatively. But if you let people go crazy, then the definition of literal becomes figurative. 
<laughs> there's oh oh my goodness there's a great oh i can't remember which dictionary it was but they posted an article about how much flack they got about that but they were able to point back to examples in 19th century literate literature in which people were already twisting the definition of literally so this is not a new this is not a 21st century corruption and i think that you could you could argue <laughs> that the term agile has undergone many of the same transformations that we're oh, seeing with right agile. well it's a marketing term it's it's a buzzword that strikes a nerve and like there are certain ideas at its core that resonate with people and that's why it works i mean you see this with like you know big data and like deep learning as well like I, i've been learning more about deep learning and like what is deep learning different from a neural network it's just like one extra layer you just have three layers and then it's deep and they're like <laughs> what is what is that it's ridiculous but you know it's the marketing and then in some ways it's it's good in some ways it's misleading agile <laughs> agile scrum i think if you if you want someone to come in and define agile you're you're going to be i've been doing what i would characterize as agile software development for somewhat north of a decade now but if you need someone to come in and define that you're going to need someone smarter and wiser than i am <laughs> yeah it's just been used in so many different organizations they have different concepts of what and i have air quotes you may not see me but agile and what that <laughs> means and it, yeah every company has a different f- agile definition of that and that's also quite insane so maybe you're uh, you'll end up being the person who is old enough and wise enough to give a full definition of devops after that term yeah. has become, become as thoroughly capitalized upon as agile i, I think where I, where I landed on this and, and how i sort of ended my my commentary on it I'm trying not to use the word rant, but <laughs> it's Twitter. Yeah, it's, Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, it's a rant. <laughs> it, was, it was it was definitely a rant. <laughs> the philosophical origins of the advances in software development, I think, I hope that we've made over the last 20 years all revolve around mutual respect, uh, tight feedback loops. So without getting into the terms, you know, agile and DevOps specifically, I think the way I, I try to characterize this, because I, I hope it's a more it's a frame that I think it both gets at the root of what I'm trying to get at, but is also sort of a useful form of indirection because it doesn't directly attempt to tackle those terms as I, I sort of, the way I think about the advances we've gotten from high, high quality software development, they revolve around the idea that incremental change is important, that we can change incrementally and that we should change incrementally, uh, mm-hmm. that we need to establish tight feedback loops so that we understand whether or not what we're doing is working or not that it is better to share knowledge than to hoard it, that to, to right. pull ourselves out of our silos and, and by extension, by out of our comfort zones a little bit with the, with the belief that in sharing that knowledge, we gain more from the sharing than the, the separation and mutual respect, right? You don't get anywhere. Even if you have all those things, if you can't establish a culture of respect between people, then you're never going to build that sense of safety and trust in your team. And I think that that lies at the heart of my understanding of what, of what agile is. I think if you take out any one of those things, you don't get to quite the same place. And DevOps is an extension of that mindset into the operational space in a way that makes all of software development safer and more effective and and hopefully more fun. That definitely resonates with me. Like that kind of like comes to like any like good team that you've been on. Like you, you need to be like open to be able to admit what you don't want to know and like admit that you want to learn more and you know, that you need that kind of understanding in order to grow together. I guess I would also say that, I totally agree. But the changing of the definition makes me sad a little bit because I, I want to believe that I'm part of that journey, that I'm part of the culture that's, that's trying to build those bridges. And so to sort of be told, well, 
eh, you, you know, you're not a DevOps engineer. And so please don't touch the continuous integration build. Mm-hmm. Oh, I maintained a major continuous integration server for, for years. And I've been told that, and it's hard to hear. Like I, I don't want to feel as though that, that knowledge is shunted away because I engage in a particular task on a team that is not directly operational. I think we should all be part of that journey. I think it's on people from both sides of that aisle to grow into the, the skill set that's needed to, to build software better. You hear that, Mike? You got to get on that. Yeah. <laughs> I got to go to the DevOps channel and be like, hey, I'm one of you's now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it. Absolutely. I'm learning how to do this. Where were you at the Docker workshop, man? Oh, well, I was... Uh, no excuses. I, I was busy driving on the sidewalk towards Philadelphia. Uh, <laughs> that's a that's whole... A, I need to unpack that. Let's <laughs> deep dive on that. Awesome. Brian, thank you so much for coming on down and sharing knowledge on DevOps. Brian, how can people find you on the internet? How can they find me? Is it possible to geolocate people via their cell phone signals? We're almost there. Almost, I think. <laughs> there Black are microchips in the water. If they work at the NSA, they can. Just yeah. tune into my Alexa. It should be like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> and get buy all the things on your wish list. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. This has been so much fun. I'm really thrilled to be on the show and, and to hang out with, with y'all. I am B. Guthrie on Twitter. I don't know if I dropped any knowledge. I'm with the rest of you with a set of frustrations and joys and things that I'm trying to articulate for myself along the way, right? What is this term? What does it mean to be adopting this term and how do I bring that to the work that I do? And I hope that, I don't know, some of that journey was interesting. Humility is a core value. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Again, Brian, thanks for coming on down. Really appreciate having you here. We had a great time. Our co-host, Dave, always a pleasure. Thanks, man. It was fun. And our producer at Best Times when you're recording. Always a good time. Absolutely. And I'm Michael Nunez. Feel free to reach us at twitter.com slash Radio Free Rabbit. And if this is the first episode you're listening, please give us a five stars on iTunes and subscribe. This is The Rabbit Hole. We'll see you next time.